In the late 1970s, artist and illustrator Saul Steinberg did a cover for the New Yorker magazine that lampooned the perspective of the average New Yorker, where some things were over-enlarged, a lot of things were omitted, and it all kind of summed up this tongue-in-cheek perspective of how a New Yorker viewed the world at the time. It's something you might know. Now, this wasn't a new approach. Things by Daniel Wallingford and some of his predecessors had done uh, similar approaches over the decades. But Saul Steinberg's approach captured the culture's imagination at just the right time, and it really sunk in. It became a popular vernacular way to understand a people's perspective on themselves and the world. Well, in the early 1980s, Kirby Scudder at a young age was the only one to take up the challenge of using the same persuasive distorted style to document growing tech regions in the U.S. Now, he's evolved that approach in his own work, and he continues the tradition of the great American city bird's eye. On today's interview, Kirby Scudder. Okay, Mr. Scudder, it is a real honor to get a chance to chat with you. Um, We've encountered your work uh, for quite a while, and specifically two things. One for Route 128, which is the kind of tech region around Boston, and then your other is Silicon Valley. Can you kind of give us an introduction as to how that project got going and and how you kind of processed to make those images? Sure. So the Route 128 was the first one that I did, and I was still in art school back in Boston at the time. And I went to the museum, one of several schools, I went to the Museum of Fine Arts School in Boston, and they had a great placement office where I constantly got freelance jobs. And I saw this listing for a job that had already passed the deadline, but they hadn't found the right artist. And they were a company based out of California who were beginning to do these kinds of posters of uh, the tech regions. And they wanted to do one of 128, and they wanted a local because of the affiliation with the area. So I applied for it and I got the job and I had never done anything like that before. So I ended up working closely with one of their sales reps. They were selling sponsorship on the poster. And they, as I was kind of going around the 128 area meeting the companies, I got a better flavor of it. And they clearly wanted um, something that had that Saul Steinberg kind of point of view, a, a one point perspective where you could go from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific in the 24 by 36 in space pretty easily. <laughs> and so that's how that all began. And, and um, so I was kind of informed by meeting with the tech companies, but also doing research on Saul Steinberg and seeing some other posters that they liked. And we came up with that first 128 piece. Mm. But that's, it, how, that's how that came about. But it gets us to the thing. And I think this is one of the keys that we wanted to hit on was it, it's clear that you recognized early on that there's a geographical center to a city, but there's also a psychological center to a city. And yes, if you had absolutely. to sum all the perspectives and prejudices, um, there there is indeed, uh, for locals, the center of the town, and there is a direct way to get there. And right. in each of those maps, you really kind of touch upon the fact of like, no, this is how the locals think of place. This is how they prioritize. This is what's significant and what's not. In a lot of ways. Right. Well, yeah. So, for instance, I mean, that that kind of research really began in that first one with 128, whereby 128, uh, the belt around uh, Boston, is based on really MIT from World War II. That's where 128 kind of evolved all these tech companies. 
But so it was important to have the attitude of this, and particularly at that time in the, in the late 80s, Boston was really becoming a big city. It had been pretty much a small, I mean, it's never been small, but it's, it was really growing very quickly in terms of business. Mm-hmm. So we had to include Boston and the greater area to make it relevant because there were a lot of companies that were actually based out of downtown Boston, although the better part of them were in, in the 128 and then eventually the 495 belt around Boston. So yeah, the attitude of what what direction are we coming from? What do we include? What do we not include? That was based on many, many conversations, not only with companies, but with the people that had hired me to do that. Mm. And all this done at a time where it's like you were saying, there's so much change and so much growth. This is kind of the end of 20th century. So there's this, this slow swell towards urbanization. And you're right, even Boston itself, it's, it's not Beantown anymore. It's starting to morph into something else. And heavens knows, definitely in the Silicon Valley map, it's, it's a similar situation where it were, literally it was nowhere. <laughs> it was a right. it was a conglomerate of kind of struggling towns that kind of somehow then it all just began to organically happen and bam it starts getting its own identity and sense of of who it is. Yeah, I mean even when I came out here because I flew out here constantly, I eventually ended up working with this company doing many many posters. But the second one I did for them was Silicon Valley. Mm. And when I came out to the valley, I mean you know a lot of these areas were just prune fields or you know. <laughs> Or, or, you know, orange and lemon orchards. And, um, I mean, I, I now live just south of Silicon Valley, and it's just amazing what's become of the place. And also remember, you know, I, I want to just bring a point over point. I mean, in those days, we didn't have Photoshop. Everything was done manually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, e- even the printing process has changed so amazingly. I mean, now I use Photoshop for everything I do. But it didn't even exist then. And and what you could probably crank out in an afternoon uh, in terms of a poster of Silicon Valley, then that's a whole lot of work. That's a whole lot of sketch-ups, mock-ups to make sure that it meets what their expectations are. It's a lot of refining along the way. And then you finally get to a color process and get to a point where it could be photoed, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we had to, I mean, we all of those posters for that company that I worked for for five years, all was driven by sponsorship. Mm. So what we knew is we had, those people had to be happy with the final product in terms of how they felt it was relevant and where they stood with inside the industry and mm. often geographically. Mm. So it was really important to get it right. And that, that whole sense of, <laughs> so there's a couple things to balance. You need to balance a client, <laughs> you need to balance reality, and then you need to all do it under this kind of gauze of how we really feel about the area and how it, and kind of its potential and where it's heading. It's kind of momentum all at the same time. This is no small right. thing to do. <laughs> yeah, and another piece of that I just want to add, Curtis, is that um, our distribution at that time was not really on a retail basis. We weren't doing this for the general public. Mm. So our distribution was a key trade show for these industries. Uh, so, I mean, the, so when we were releasing them, it wasn't as if the general public was going, oh, that's a really cute poster. I love what, Route 128. It was industry-specific people mm-hmm. that it was going in front. So there, so it was an even more critical audience. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so a I think the mission. 128 poster we distributed in probably five major tech trade shows. Very discerning audience at the time. Yeah, I was going to say that makes it even more. Uh, I think that would be even more stressful because I think if anybody's going to get the sense of tech priority and significance and placement, oh yeah, that. 
stakes were a lot higher than what I imagined in many ways. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I still get calls or emails about the 128 poster. I've had it republished on covers of magazines. There was one for a biotech company. I mean, somehow it's sitting in a lot of offices back on the East Coast of all these tech companies. <laughs> That's awesome. It's funny. So, so the, yeah. the original art then would be still in the hands of the company? Would Correct. Pacific Ventures? Okay, okay. And yeah, Pacific did... Ventures doesn't exist anymore. Oh, but yeah, they own, they owned it. They hired me as a as an artist, and then they own the rights to it. Okay. And so the uh, other posters that you did it was kind of a span of different topics that you did in conjunction with them. Well, so what happened is we started with the regions, the broad regions like 128. Uh, then I flew out to California and did Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and then they hired somebody in North Carolina. I forget what that tech area was. But all these tech areas were popping up all over the country. And so they were targeting the regions first, and then they decided to change their model and drill down specifically into um, certain markets. Okay. Most of them were technology markets. And so they were very specific about who's in, um, I can't even remember all the ones we did, but we did everything from medical supplies to military to high tech. And then we would go to trade shows specifically devoted to those specific topics. Okay. And that's where we would distribute it. So they most likely would never have made it into the general population other than through the sponsors and the offices of people who worked there. Mm-hmm. And we did that for about five years. Now, I was going to say, we're kind of addressing the roots and kind of the past of what you've done. But where you headed with this is you ended up taking what is a, a, a very American approach to understanding a city. We always... When we talk about um, bird's eyes or the uh, um, kind of 19th century, 18th century views of cities and regions in America, they were very much the visual sales pitch uh, for maybe a population that wasn't always that literate and you couldn't convey things. You had to think of a visual approach and dimension. And you mentioned one point perspective and a way of kind of psychologically drawing the person in and in recent works that you've been doing, you've been doing beautiful stuff for a lot of Northern California, um, literally out yep. to Tahoe and down to Santa Cruz where you're based. Um, but you've hit Palo yep. and Ventura down South and all that kind of stuff. Um, it seems like you've like reinvigorated uh, that kind of 19th century bird's eye of a way of people appreciating their significance in place. Is that kind of your goal? Right. Well, here's what happened. It's been an evolution, let's put it that way. I ended up doing, for Pacific Ventures, probably about 50 or 60 posters. Mm. I mean, I was flying out to California and spending two weeks just illustrating one poster after another. And so it got to be kind of a grind. I mean, it was great. I loved the people I was working for. And um, and it was a good, you know, it was a good way to be an artist and get professionally paid for it. But, you know, I kind of, I kind of get burnt out on the whole thing. So I stopped it for a while. And then when I moved out to California, I decided to do one of um, uh, of Santa Cruz. And I kind of moved it forward. I moved the artistic language forward a little bit, but I still kind of kept that Saul Steinberg, very strict one-point perspective with a little bit of political jokes thrown through it, sprinkled throughout the thing. And it was very successful. And um, I decided that I was going to start continuing to do the posters again. So I started. I was really starting from scratch with about a 10-year break from when I did it with Pacific Ventures to, to out here. Mm. And then as I evolved, I started to really get away from 
this strict Saul Steinberg thing and became more interested in the geography of it, mm-hmm. more sort of a naturalistic look. Mm-hmm. But it was also more of a of a an opinion, uh, not really an opinion, but it's a point of view about a place. Mm-hmm. And at some point along that evolution, I came to realize that there were all these map makers in the 18 and 1900s who actually were doing very similar things. Yes. <laughs> but with a, with a different set of tools mm-hmm. and for different sets of reasons. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, so now it's evolved to a much more sophisticated, uh, more detailed kind of process. I mean, in fact, I just finished two posters for the city of Monterey. They hired me to do some posters for their 250th uh, anniversary, which is this month. And unfortunately it's been canceled because of COVID, but, oh, shoot. but anyway, so, I mean, cities and regions, the value of it yeah Mm -hmm. so how do you can you walk us through kind of the process is it something that you um you just need to chew on images are there maps that you refer to photos google earth how does it all kind of coalesce well i gotta say thank god for google earth (laughs) (laughs) where were we before that happened stone ages that's amazing but no you know I, i it's interesting because I mean, I, I do a lot of research on these areas and actually I'm lucky enough now that I only pick areas that I really like. Mm. So I don't have to, nobody's paying me to do this. I I support them myself. Mm -hmm. And so I support them through sponsorships. So half of my process is selling sponsorships and the other half is doing the artwork. But through that process, I do a lot of research. It's not just visual, but that's also important, but to understand places in more detail, Mm -hmm. like what's the, one of the, the when they're successful, it's because everybody in that in that um, region buys into it. Mm-hmm. Like I just finished the big Napa Valley poster, which is a huge region. It's you know I think five, six, seven towns up there. Mm-hmm. But I was just impressed at how many people bought into the concept of Napa Valley and what it looks like. And that's really what it takes. But it's also you know what's that perspective? How do you how do you take something that's sixty miles long? And, you know, has two mountain ranges and, and you have it really look the way those people feel it looks. Yeah. That's a lot. To that distill. just takes a lot of research. Yeah. Gosh. And then things like particularly here in, in Northern California, the ocean almost always plays a role, mm. the, the ocean and the mountains. So what is the perspective that people have? Are they more related to the ocean? I mean, is, mm-hmm. is that being the horizon line? Is the is horizon line the ocean or is it the set of mountains? How, how do they see themselves? Mm. So it, it, it keeps cycling back to this whole thing of, again, place isn't just about landform or water necessarily, but it's that whole sense of identity um, that that's, right. that's the really the binding glue behind images that work is you have to somehow hit this ineffable, you know, this intangible thing of um, how people yep. feel about themselves, which that's <laughs> that's crazy. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Because my sponsors ultimately are, you know, are driving the, the project, whether it goes forward or not. Mm. And so if they, and, and it's a diverse group of sponsors, but in other words, if they don't buy into it, then nobody's going to buy into it because they're the local stakeholders. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, so, I mean, yeah. I've had areas where I've tried to do posters and nobody was interested. I'm like, okay, clearly they don't buy into the, concept of what their place is Mm. that's fascinating 
That's fascinating. So, uh, now, one thing I, I should have asked uh, earlier is, can you give us a bit of uh, just biographical biographical information about yourself? Uh, you're not originally from Santa Cruz, but from back east? No. Okay. No, I was born in New York City, born and raised in New York City. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to three three art schools for a total of six years. I went to one year in New York City at the School of Visual Arts. Then I moved to Boston to go to art school. And I went to the um, Art Institute of Boston and then ultimately to the museum school where I graduated. Oh, okay. And it was through there that I that I ended up getting this job, which ended up being a full-time job for me. And then you end up landing in kind of the perfect situation in Northern California. where, where the... Well, here's what happened. So in between there, I was in the military station in Southern California back when I was uh, 18. And uh, I loved California and always wanted to come back out here, but it didn't quite materialize. And then I was working for Pacific Ventures, who were based out of San Francisco. So for five years, I was literally flying out every two weeks to to California for two weeks, illustrating, and then going back to Boston and selling sponsorship. So I I had this dualistic life. I spent half my time in California and half my time in Boston for a long time. Okay. And it was through that, I mean, I got hired by them full time. Um, but it was through that that I really started to move closer and closer to moving out to California. Mm. So if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So that was always in the, that was always in the plan. Okay. So when it comes to um, the scope of images that you offer now, we go from everything from detailed things such as Pacific Ave in Santa Cruz to general right. things when it comes to Spokane or San Francisco generally. Um, are there anything, are there any scopes bigger that you like to work with, or are you still focusing on that sense of regional identity as kind of a, an undercurrent when you, when you do maps? Well, I mean, I focus pretty much on the regional identities, and part of it is just because I really so thoroughly enjoyed California. What I do is pick and choose places around areas that I like. Mm. And then, so as an example, the Pacific Avenue poster is now just, it's one street. But, I mean, it says a lot, if you know Santa Cruz, it's the main drag. It's a very long downtown, unusually long for a town this size. So it kind of defines a certain mentality about Santa Cruz mm-hmm. that couldn't be defined by just simply doing all of Santa Cruz. Yeah. So I did that, and I did the west side of Santa Cruz, which is a growing area. So I, you know, I, I vacillate between the two. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest with me, right now with the COVID thing, I mean, I'm kind of on pause. Because mm. I don't know what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen. So yes. I mean, my next evolution may be very different. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I think where that, I'm headed with that. Yeah, I think that's gonna be the subtext for all of us: is uh, how flexible can you be uh, for the next next couple of years? Right. Yeah, that's gonna be key. That's gonna be key. Um, of course, if people would like to see more, they can always go to kirbyscutter.com. And... Yeah, a lot of my stuff is up on KirbyScutter.com. And because I'm I'm a multi, and I don't say this in a braggart way, a multifaceted artist, a lot of the stuff that's on my website is not just the posters, but a lot of other projects that I've been involved in. Yeah. Man, thank you so much for your time. You really kind of unlocked a whole era for us by talking about these. Uh, both Route 128 and your Silicon Valley have both been things that it's kind of like, they're not the usual thing that was done. Uh, and the quality is really right. good. And so it always had lingering questions as to, wait, how did these come about? So, yeah, this right. has been really helpful. 
really helpful. Well, as I said, you know, I mean, I that was the first time I ever did. It. I hadn't even thought about stuff like that until I got approached by Pacific Ventures, and I can't even remember what the orientation of those guys was, how they came to think about that, other than I think they saw some other like-minded posters out here oh, okay. and just decided to do their own, I think. I'd... Okay. Yeah, that would But I would have probably never come to that on my own. <laughs> but again, you, you were know? flexible. You were flexible, and fortune allowed you to make those connections, and there it is. There it is. Yeah, and I've learned so much by focusing on these areas, the stuff that I would have never known. Yeah, yep, indeed. Indeed. Kirby Scudder, I cannot thank you enough for your time. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely, Curtis. Our thanks to Kirby Scudder. If you'd like to see more of his work, you can visit him at kirbyscudder.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.